I have a name I want to call Listeners of Evolving Life that I want to share with you in this episode. You, my fellow listeners, will be referred to as evolvers. You are an evolver. I am an evolver because, as you know, our lives are always changing and we are always evolving. If you found my podcast and choose to be a part of my community of individuals evolving together, then you get the honor of having this moniker. Here we go. Welcome to Evolving Life Podcast. In this podcast, we explore the continuously changing facets of our lives. How we adapt is the lessons we learn along the way and is the key to living our best lives. This podcast is your source for the motivation and encouragement you need to make your evolving life exactly what you want it to be. My name is Merlene and I am your host. Join me as I share the experiences, the lessons, and ideas for living an optimal life. Welcome to episode nine of Evolving Life. In this episode, I'm going to talk about something that every single one of us deals with, family drama. The thing about family drama is we all have it and deal with it in our own unique ways because no families are alike. Even if we all have the drama and the toxic relationships to deal with, I also believe These toxic relationships are so common, yet often not talked about. In this episode, I'm going to talk about this subject by sharing five types of family drama and five ways to cope with them. I want to tackle this subject because sometimes knowing that there are others who understand and relate to what you're going through makes a world of difference in how you deal with events and situations that take place in your own personal tribe. So Evolvers, let's touch on this really sensitive topic. I love the idea of family. I love the idea of knowing that there are people out there who are supposed to care about you more, are supposed to be there for you more than they would be for friends and acquaintances and through thick and thin. The idea that there are a group of people out there that have your back no matter what is so comforting. The idea that the bond that's supposed to exist with family is sacred and unbreakable is a wonderful thought. In my dramatic mind, I have this powerful vision of what what it is to be a part of an unbreakable family. Imagine this. Imagine there is this long thread and as each family member is born, we attach them to this thread. It never wears down. It never breaks. It is a constant. No matter what happens to each family member, that unbreakable thread is there. It binds us together. Even when a family member gets sick or dies, it doesn't break. In fact, it grow stronger because love grows stronger as we support and deal with life issues like illness and loss of someone that is a part of that thread. We are there for each other because of blood. We love each other no matter what. No one or nothing can break that thread or that bond that binds us together. What did you think of my vision? That's my fantasy of what family is. The reality is the bond, the thread is breakable. I know there are many, many people who, for whatever reason, have chosen or because of events or situations or circumstances, don't communicate with their family or a family member. I wish I could say that the reasons are many. They're not. One big reason and the subject of this episode is family drama or toxic family issues. Just as a side note, 
that even though I will use the word toxic a lot, I don't enjoy referring to family drama as toxic because it is such a strong word. And I would like to think that regardless of the issues families face when dealing with dramatic situations, the love is still there, buried under a lot of shit excuse my language, but it's there. I also want to be really specific by saying that when I'm referring to family, there are certain members I'm not referring to. Although I'm not saying that these family members don't cause conflict because they do in many situations. But while aunts and uncles and nieces and nephews can make you feel like disconnecting from family, chances are it's the immediate family that's the issue. Immediate family to me is mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers. To most of us, they are the ones that affect our lives if we let them. They are the ones that's responsible for the adults we are to a certain degree. At least the mothers and fathers are. For anyone who has had to deal with a family member that's toxic, chances are it's not the cousins or the nieces and the nephews. We know how to deal with them. Not taking their calls, to put their actions, words, thoughts into perspective. It's the immediate family that we spend our mental energy on. Okay, so let's talk about some scenarios that create the recipe for family drama. And let's see if you identify with any of them. The first one is when family members are insensitive and make cruel comments and remarks. Here's an example. Two sisters, one older, the other younger. The older sister visits the younger sister often and feels a motherly instinct towards her. So each time she's at her house, the older sister will do things to help her sister, her younger sister, like wash the dishes in the sink or straighten up the living room, help take care of her kids. The older sister have been doing this for years. One day, they're at a family event and the little sister is talking to a family friend and he asks her, where is your big sister? The little sister says jokingly, oh, she's probably inside being my maid and cleaning up after my kids as usual. The comment seems meaningless, right? Well, it just so happens that the person who the little sister made a comment to is a good friend of her big sister. A good enough friend um, to take the big sister aside and say, stop what you're doing right now. And here's why. Pretend you are the big sister hearing that your little sister, someone you love and cherish, said that about you. How would you feel? What do you think happened? Now imagine the big sister later approached her little sister, about what she said, what do you think the little sister said? It's guaranteed she will say she didn't mean it. Do you think she would say something similar again? Absolutely. It's almost guaranteed she will say disparaging remarks again, likely in different ways and regarding different situations. The fact of the matter is, regardless of the denial, and as unbelievable as it is to believe, it's a clear sign that her little sister lacks empathy. Her selfishness, cruel comment, shows what little regard she has for her big sister. Here is another situation. They lie or deny. When you have in your life people that you trust and believe in and love more than any other lie to you, it can be disheartening. The outcome is immediate distrust and wondering what else have they lied about. Yes, there are those scenarios where family members will lie to you to protect your feelings. But what about the blatant in-your-face lie to protect material and non-material things such as money or addiction or their self-perceived image? How do you deal with that? What happens when the one being lied to gets to a point where confrontation is necessary? 
Here's another guarantee. It doesn't go well, especially when the lie is one lie after another to distract from the initial lie, if that makes sense. What happens in this situation is pandemonium. The siblings stop talking to each other. The one line comes up with excuses or plays the blame game. I'll talk about the blame game in a few minutes. With this scenario, there is one of two potential outcomes. The sibling being lied to may see the solution of relenting and accepting the painful truth that a person he or she loves can inflict this kind of pain The second solution is choose to not have anything to do with the sibling. Here's number three. They create conflict with other family members. Here's the way they could create the conflict. Have you ever heard of the he said, she said scenario? Or what about the he or she believes XYZ or he or she did XYZ? Being judged and looked down upon is a hurtful event that you deal with and possibly brush aside when it's coming from strangers or acquaintances. But when it's coming from someone you love that you are bound to by blood, it is heart-wrenching. I give a great example of being judged and looked down on in episodes episode two of living an authentic life. However, with creating conflict, the scenarios are endless. Pitting family members against one another shows a few things, two of which is jealousy and resentment. They are jealous of what you've accomplished or the life you lead. Then there's the opposite, where they believe they're better than you. When a family member creates conflict, it can happen anywhere and anytime. It could be during a family conversation around a dinner table or at an event. Wanting to create conflict, the more people around, the better. Here is something you should realize about this dynamic. It's done to keep family members apart and not talk to each other. This is called triangulation. And a person who sows conflict has one agenda, not allowing family members to get close to each other. A person who creates conflict with this type of agenda is a narcissist. They thrive on drama and conflict and most likely do this with friends, spouses, even their children. Here's number four. They play the blame game. They did something wrong, said something wrong, made a mistake, or we confront them about an issue. Instead of owning the issue and apologizing for it, they shift the blame to someone else or something else. They also like to deflect by mentioning a shortcoming of the sibling confronting them. The blame game happens a lot with siblings when they are young, but as adults, it is sad and seriously dysfunctional. The reality is an adult who does this have no regard for their choices and actions and the consequences of their choices and actions. Being responsible is not something they are truly familiar with, although they will tell you that they are very responsible. As an adult and as part of a family, this can be painful for the person who's blaming and the one receiving the blame. This one scenario alone can cause family members to never speak to each other for decades. Now, here is number five. They manipulate your emotions. With family, there has always been and always will be some form of manipulation. When we are young, it is used to convince each other to cover for each other. Party they want to go to, but don't want their parents to find out about, not telling a secret. Again, a lot of scenarios exist for this one. But what about when you're an adult and the manipulations are impactful? Or should I say serious? Like if a family member shares that they were abused, but the one family member they are trying to convince doesn't believe because the abuser in his or her mind is a wonderful person. The manipulation happens when the family member who doesn't believe goes about convincing his or her sibling that they thought what happened really didn't happen. They say something like, you were imagining it. 
you misunderstood what the person was saying or doing. Or they say, why didn't you say something when it happened? Or why are you saying something now? I know this example opens the door to a really serious subject. Unfortunately, I know of two people who have experienced this very same thing and had a very similar experience with their family. In the end, truth is harder to handle than the reality, especially if it's a mother or father or sibling who has to deal with the truth. This can be toxic to a family dynamic because family members exploit each other's weaknesses and use it to make each other believe they didn't experience what they experienced. Your reasons are usually something like you have a tendency to what? Exaggerate? Bend the truth? The emotional manipulation here is endless and sad. Dare I say we should believe the victim if they tell you someone victimized them. So I just shared five scenarios that many, many family members experience. Easy to see how easily these events can be toxic or create unbelievable drama in a family dynamic. Now the question is, how do you deal? I will start by saying that the solution for each example is unique for every family. You can't apply the same solution to a family member that's making insensitive remarks to a family who lies, blames, and manipulates. However, there are general coping mechanisms you can use to soften the impact of these dramatic situations, and I'm going to share a few of them. Before I do, I want to invite Evolvers to visit followliving.com. If you want to be motivated and inspired to live your best life, and if you like this podcast, then visiting the site and signing up for one of our newsletters may interest you. Also, I would love your feedback and comments regarding the site because its focus is similar to this podcast. Anyway, back to the topic. Here are the ways you can cope with family drama, no matter what kind it is. The first one is to set clear boundaries. When you know you are in a situation where nothing you say or do will matter, it is more damaging to you mentally if you choose to, as they say, tough it out. This is where your values and your self-confidence and your belief in yourself come into play. Is that voice inside of you telling you to step back? then you should listen to it. It is really wrong. If a family member lies to you again and again, if a family member says disparaging things about you and cruel things to you and treat you as if they are better than you, do you brush it aside and say, oh, that's the way he or she is, and then move on? If you share with your siblings that you don't like something he or she says or does and it continues, it's time to set boundaries. When a sibling or anyone treats you less than you deserve, then boundaries are a necessity. What are those boundaries? I think the most important boundary you can set is avoidance. Some people may say avoidance isn't the solution. I say when it comes to family drama, sometimes there are no other solutions, at least not an ideal one. Certainly not acceptance of the infliction or the person giving it. Many times, words are just not enough. And here's what I mean by that. When you're part of a family and you know the person who is toxic or who's creating the drama, and you try to tell them how you feel or what you're feeling, and it just doesn't matter to them. And at this point, avoidance is the next best thing. What do you get when you avoid? You avoid the onslaught of negative words. 
You avoid being looked down on. You avoid the emotional abuse. You avoid feeling bad about yourself each time you communicate with a sibling. And of course, there are other types of boundaries other than avoidance, such as not sharing personal information, demanding respect for your beliefs and choices, choosing when to socialize or not socialize. The goal is to set an obvious line of what you will and will not tolerate when you subject yourself to the drama that happens each time you're around this person. Here's another way to cope. It's to embrace who you are. At its core, self-acceptance is knowing deep down that you are perfect just as you are. It's accepting your strengths, your weaknesses, and your vulnerabilities. How you feel about yourself is important in these scenarios because a sibling wanting to create conflict thrive on highlighting your flaws and ignoring your strengths. When you embrace who you are, no one can use what they view as your vulnerabilities against you. You own the power. The third way to cope, adjust your expectation. Being a part of a family unit, you don't want to believe that certain members will do certain things and say certain things that are disingenuous or cruel. You want to believe it was a mistake, a misunderstanding. When you have an expectation that they will come around, that any day now, the phone will ring and, and there will be an I'm sorry, that usually never happens unless it is a genuine effort with no underlying motive. It's up to you to change your expectation and accept that conditions may never change. There is something else to consider. Trying to change or reason with the sibling. You will quickly realize there are no reasoning with a toxic sibling. It is, in fact, one of the reasons why they are toxic. Again, it's up to you to stay strong, to realize that you are not dealing with someone who is motivated by what's good for you, nor will they think about your feelings. It's always about them. You need to look out for you. Here is the fourth way to cope. To embrace one of the most powerful words in the English language, or any language, the word no. When you say no, you don't need to justify, make excuses, lie, or explain. No is your protector, your guard, your champion, your preserver. With this one word, you can keep away or stay away from the destructive behavior of toxic siblings. And finally, here is the fifth way to cope. Choosing to be in control and not be controlled. What I mean by this is you need to make sure that what you say, what you do happens from a position of personal power. Personal power is what you believe and not what they believe. I'm going to conclude this episode by sharing a few things. The first is, I know you know that there are many other ways to cope with toxic siblings. The ones I just mentioned are worth implementing, not because they are the best, but because they work. I would also like to share that I was inspired to do this episode because of my personal experiences with this very same issue. We are all different and we handle conflicts differently. The one thing I will suggest that works well for me is embracing me and adjusting my expectations. I realize that where family is concerned, we have this expectation because we know our family members all our lives and we tell ourselves that we know them. The reality is we are all human and we all change. Your brothers, sisters, cousins, aunt, every member of your family change with time. They become a product of their environment, whether it's a new city, friends they make, spouses, money, 
lack of money, political beliefs, you name it. Your siblings, as well as you, are a product of those factors. They can change for good or they can change for bad. Only you know because of your own personal values. Still, it's up to you to adjust and accept. Perhaps acceptance is avoidance, reducing expectations, accepting that your sibling is not the same person you used to know. Now they're toxic. They say cruel things. They lie. They manipulate. It's time for you to love from a distance, to remember your personal power and your personal value and choose how or if you want to be exposed to the harmful behavior of those you love. Finally, I'm going to end this episode with a quote. This quote is from Steve Maraboli. He is a decorated military veteran and philanthropist. If you want to know more about him, a link to his bio is in the show notes. Here is what he had to say about drama. But before I share it, I want to say this. It's easy to put the word family in front of the word drama in this quote. Okay, here's the quote. The path to freedom is illuminated by the bridges you have burned, adorned by the ties you have cut, and cleared by the drama you have left behind. Let go, be free. Okay, that's it. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you are hearing this last message, it means you've listened to the entire episode. Thank you so much for that. If you enjoyed this episode or find it helpful, please share the podcast with family and friends and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Also, if you have a topic you want to hear about on Evolving Life, contact me. The link is in the show notes. See you next week, Evolvers, for another episode of Evolving Life. That's the end of another episode of Evolving Life. You can connect with us online at fullerliving.com forward slash community. You'll find the link in our show notes. While there, don't forget to share your thoughts 